0: Hey, what's up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of The Sprinkler Nerd Show. I'm your host, Andy Humphrey. And today's episode is a replay, but it's an awesome replay. I was invited this week as a guest on the Service Business Mastery Podcast. And if you're not familiar with it, I want to plug these guys. Uh, Church, uh, not Church, Tersh, (laughs) Church Blissett and Joshua Crouch are the Host Tersh is the, the host and Josh is the co-host. Uh, Joshua actually owns a digital marketing company called Relentless Digital. And you guys got to check out their podcast, Service Business Mastery, because it's focused on service business. And that's what you guys need to think of yourselves as. Even if you're a new construction, you are still servicing people. And I think there's a lot that you can learn from electricians, plumbers, HVAC type companies. So check out their podcasts. And I was really, really happy to be a guest on their show. And they, it felt very safe for me to be on their show. Like I was talking to some best friends, even though this was honestly the first time I talked to them. So it was very comfortable. They opened me up. I got to share a little bit about myself, how I operate. And that's also something that I've been learning recently is that we all have sort of a uh, onboard operating system. Why we think the way we think, how we think the way we think, why we do the things we do are all sort of our own personal operating system. So I spoke a little bit kind of about that, my history. And yeah, it was a good, good jam session. And what you're about to hear is totally unedited. I just recorded uh, what we were talking about here on my Rodecaster Pro, and I look forward to playing it for you guys. So let's roll my intro, and then we'll jump into the conversation that I had with Tersh and... Josh, If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you.
1: You looking for valuable business advice to reach that seven-figure revenue mark? Do you want actionable tips to properly navigate through every business challenge you encounter along the way? Let Tersh Blissett and Josh Crouch be your guide in getting you to the top. Here at Service Business Mastery, tune in as they sit down with world-renowned authors in business, leadership, and personal growth, who share valuable insights about management, marketing, pricing, human resources, and so much more. Let their nuggets of wisdom gold guide you in owning a thriving, profitable, and ever-growing business. Here are your hosts, Tersh
2: and Josh. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. What is
1: up, guys (laughs) and the world? <laughs> All right, Andy. You got two minutes, and then the show is over because
2: we talked so long. So go. Okay. <laughs> Ask me a question. <laughs> so awesome. uh, obviously, I love your your getup. If you're listening to the show, uh, Andy is is like uh, he, just like myself, and it's like, uh, is that normal? Let's don't do that one. So uh, I'm assuming that. that's you on the t-shirt there, Andy. Maybe you got the. You got might the have a familiar. Look. I mean, it just
1: looks. It just looks like you. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: So, tell us your your background, your history, and a little bit about you know what you got going on and everything sometimes honestly, I feel like i 'm um, cursed because
0: i 'm way too curious. I ask way too many questions uh, it 's not that i i can 't sit still. I can sit still, my brain can 't sit still, and sure. so, ever since I was a kid, I was that kid. Why, mom? Why do I have to do that? What happens if I push this? What happens if I do that? And so, you know, more recently, I've started to harness that curse and try to turn it into something. But when you are, you know, curious, creative, and you take some action, it's pretty amazing what can happen. So that's kind of my story. So right when I got my first job out of college, I was a landscape architect. I quickly realized that, like, sitting behind a desk wasn't for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. It gets it gets old. You get fidgety and my i'll tell you my uh eight-year-old nine nine eight-year-old eight or nine they change birthdays every year it's hard to keep track but he's the same way man it's like all right memphis stop i just i want to say stop asking questions but i don't want him to ever stop asking questions right like i want him to keep keep asking questions yeah so and sometimes
0: when you're like that school is more difficult i mean yeah. i could sit still in school i wasn't you know, fidgety, but my mind was like all over the place. And I'm mm-hmm. only now realizing that that's why I wasn't as good at taking tests and regurgitating information, but give me a project, give me something to do. Let me be creative and I will get an A every time.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. You have very yeah. creative thought process. So you have obviously a uh, very professional setup here uh, and you sound amazing. So, uh, would lead us to believe that you have some sort of podcast as well. I do. Yeah. It is called the Sprinkler Nerd Show. And uh,
0: that took a long time to start. I would say that, like, there's a lot of having an idea and the idea (laughs) stirs, and then you're like, all right, damn it, I got to do something with this. Why why didn't I start this
1: six months ago?
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How long was it that you were thinking about doing it before you actually did it? You know, honestly, probably about five years
0: because as soon as I started listening to podcasts myself, Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, if, and not, not, um, service podcasts, right? I'm talking like yeah, yeah, digital yeah. marketing, e commerce, the, the other sort of skill sets that I was learning. I'm like, man, how come this doesn't exist in,
2: in my industry? Yeah. Right. That's, that's exactly, literally that's the,
1: exactly what Tersh did.
2: Exact same thing. Like I was, so here's what happened to me. I had an hour, well, an hour to drive to my kids' private school and then an hour from there to my, to my office and then an hour back home. And so like I drove that every single day and I was listening to uh Michael Gerber, emith and like everything I could pick up, um, Donald Miller's books, and I was listening yep. to everything I could on on the truck drive, but then I was like, Man, this is getting expensive. I'm buying a new book every day. And then that's when I picked up podcasts, and then I was like, All right, Michael Stelsner, like, you know, uh, all those good things, just like you mentioned. And then I found um brian Orr's hvac school podcast and i was like oh this is cool it's in our industry he's talking technical i was like i reached out to him just randomly i was like hey man do you know of any business podcasts in the hvac world and he's like no i actually don't know of any business podcasts why don't you come on the show and we'll talk business i was like let's do it and then that turned into this snowball of a thing that we got here in 2017 is when we started it so yeah yeah it's and, same, same thing and
0: it's a good reminder that you don't have to create something brand new that the world's never seen. You just have to find something that's working somewhere else and make it work somewhere new, right? Yeah, You didn't invent podcasting. I didn't invent podcasting. I just saw it working somewhere else and was like, oh, I think I could do that too.
2: So how long, and, and this is not our topic here, but I want people to really pay attention to this because there's so many people who listen to the show and they're talking um, about starting a local podcast. Josh and I have talked about this before, about starting local podcasts to really become the expert in your community. Um, and then and you get this, well, one, you get a little imposter syndrome, but then you get a little bit of a. everybody's doing that. When in reality, you know, something I learned at PodFest is, you know, um, I, I don't want to tell the numbers wrong, but there's a ridiculous amount of people that are doing blogs, you know, written blogs on their website and uh, YouTube videos. But that compared to the amount of podcasts, it's, podcasts are tiny, even though it feels like there's so many people that are doing it. Um, how long did you feel like there was a saturation once you actually pulled the trigger and did it or... You know, so here's the thing that I try to remind
0: myself my audience is still not yet listening to podcasts. Not every landscaper and irrigation contractor is listening to a friggin' podcast. We're talking about early adopters are listening, and early yeah. adopters are a small percentage of any market, right? People Technology to- doesn't just run rampant in the service businesses, they're not lining up for the latest and greatest tech widget that's going to help their business. <laughs> and so, The audience is probably still three years out before it really starts to take off because they're just not sitting there lining up to listen to podcasts yet.
2: Yeah, I would imagine thinking back to my landscaping days, uh, the guys I ran with, if we listened to anything, it was going to be something like a Joe Rogan. Uh, That's the only, you know, some podcast like that, not necessarily thinking about the business side of things. Something to
1: entertain you during the day. Yeah, and and that's
2: still true, man. Nobody wants to listen to like
0: how to put pipe together better. It's like, dude, they know that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they want yeah. to be. They want some information, and they want to be entertained. They want yep. both of those together, and probably entertainment is more important sometimes than the information. Because in order to be engaged in the information, you have to be engaged first.
2: Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah,
1: no. And to ha- to hammer Tertia's point. Just looking up on on Google, there's more than five hundred million, and I think that that number was back in 2019, 500 million blogs, and I think there's like two and a half million podcasts or something like yeah. that. Yep. So, in, if you put it in perspective of those two things, we have a long ways yeah. to go before before we get to that point. But and again, there's so many people that start podcasts, and it, as you know, Andy, keeping this going, <laughs> it, it can be a it can be a grind at times, especially when your business is busy or you got other things going on. And then you know. This is like the last thing you're preparing for, for the day. Yeah.
0: For me, what's difficult is talking blindly into the microphone. I can do interview chats all day long. That's comfortable. It's easy. Because you can see people. But you for can me to react. talk to myself is
2: freaking hard. <laughs> it's. I mean, I will be honest with you. I, there's like 17 of me. So like, it's a different person I can talk to. Like we can just, we can have conversations all day long. So <laughs>
0: You mean in your head, there's 17 of you? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> That sounds <laughs> yeah, like a great podcast episode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, but I, right. I think
0: that, so to me, the podcast is all about um, community, right? So I think, and, and content. So it's partially content, also community building. And so for me, when I look at the world of, uh, of either service or um, commerce, you have commerce, content, and community. And when you put all those three things together, you really have like media company. And I feel like... Where the world's coming together is if you were a product only company, now you're bolting on like some YouTube and some podcast and some like private Facebook groups, and everybody's yep. sort of just becoming their own little media
2: companies that are made up of commerce, content, and community. That's a really, really good point because that's the the identity that I challenged. I struggled with for for years with the podcast when starting it, started. and I just i'm just thinking in my head 2017 is when i started the podcast. i don't know how that like i don't know for one how i've continued to do it this is probably the only thing that in my life that i didn't go oh shiny object i'm going over there like uh but it's once josh came on board and we could wrap our heads around like all right this makes sense this makes sense uh that community and everything that you just mentioned right there um it's really when you see a a brand a good brand like i'm thinking like black rifle coffee company or something Mm -hmm, like that like they they have a great product uh nine line clothing apparels here in in savannah they have black rifle coffee there as well but it's like um it's a really it's a it's a product but then they build a community around that that product i got ink all over my hand um but (laughs) ADDs kicking in over here, but it's, it's really true. The, what you said, building that community and then the, then the podcast, then the media comes along. It's, it's like they're, those places are nine lines, a t-shirt company. Like that's what they do is t-shirts, but they're more of a media. Mogul now almost because of all of the influencers and everything that. They yeah, because you might there. only need to buy something maybe once a year, maybe once a month on an
0: interval. But how can you stay engaged and entertained where you're? You also feel like you believe what they
2: believe, so you're on yeah. the same sort of wavelength. How do you? Yeah. I mean, so e-commerce. Let's let's talk a little bit about e-commerce. Um, how do you how do you keep that engagement without becoming spammy? In your opinion, add value, not
0: coupons so I would say if you remember that like and I didn't coin that term Uh, my mentor George Bryant coined that term but it applies to service businesses also because in service business there's often either a race to the bottom or a void feeling where you're like oh let me just get a coupon give them a discount so they'll sign this agreement and it's like dude stop (laughs) discounting and start adding value. Yeah. I think that's
1: the way, I think that's the way a lot of coaches and and a lot of even marketing companies and stuff are like, Hey, what promos do you have that we can run this month to try to get those conversions for a certain percentage of the population. But in reality, nurturing your own customers, because everybody's got a list. If you've done one service call, you got a list, right? You got a list that you can start to nurture and you can start to give education and just from our my own company, I have not done any advertising in the two and a half years we've had a business. It's all been educational content. That's how we built it, and that's that's all we've done. At some point, we'll probably have to, you know, step on the accelerator a little bit. But it's been it's been really good. And I know Tersh has done some of that stuff too. And I'm, I'm I i i have saw uh, just looking on your website, you have a lot of YouTube videos which I'm assuming go over the products and how to use them and things like that, depending on who your target audience is.
0: Yeah. And that YouTube is new. And let me, I just want to step back for a moment because in, in a service business, you don't need to you know, send all these discounts and coupons and all that, but you can communicate with your customers. And the idea is really to how can you build the best relationships with your customers? You know, how can you outcare your competition? You know, and I believe by, by sort of, um, being more vulnerable and letting them in, letting them know who you are because yeah. people don't buy companies. They buy the people in the company. And sometimes we all hide behind this veil of man. I've been in business 25 years, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, who fucking cares? Who are you? <laughs> exactly? I trust yeah. you. Tell me why I should trust you.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. whenever we, I looked at, I was looking at KPIs a couple of weeks ago and the, when we had dips in our our average uh it was definitely when we were less engaged with our our um our audience and it was definitely whenever it was we were grinding so internally in the business and in, in our hvac company we felt like we like let's go let's like we're really hustling and we're grinding internally but we weren't um sharing with our clients like how much we cared like we we, we one drop down, and because we thought, well, we're going to put more emphasis in the like grind and make sure, like, double checking all the guys' numbers, their KPIs, like, what are you offering and all this other stuff. Um, and then we really lost focus on making sure we we're clearly communicating with the client and having that relationship building, building more and more relationships with the clients. And th- our, our revenue numbers were were tanking. Uh, and then make the switch, and then the numbers go right back up. And it's crazy how that works, but, you know, in my business, and I, not, I know that I'm the only one, this never happens to anybody else, but since it's working, we're probably going to stop doing it. Um, so that's just how I do things, uh, which makes 100% sense. Uh, but just showing that you care to the clients and communicate with that with the clients, I mean, what you said is is spot yeah. on. It yeah. is
0: So kind of like caring and in a digital world, we're losing the human side of things. And so whatever you can do to be more human matters more than ever. So there's like this dehumanization of the world right now. So anything Mm -hmm. you can do to show that, you know what, sometimes you make mistakes and sometimes you're afraid. And sometimes like those sorts of things matter more than ever because that's really believable. You know, so like when I'm making a YouTube video, I don't edit anything other than oh, really? adding like some b-roll and overlay yeah, yeah. but like I don't if I say something wrong it's just like oops <laughs> Right, you're not actually, you're not scripting it out right no there's no scripted script. out of it's, time. every yeah. one of them is a total just me speaking a riff
2: yeah yeah and it's not overproduced that's the thing right yeah. yeah because like when you see I've even seen some people who have a production company but they're still like the cameras moving like it's somebody's holding a cell phone like they do that on purpose to make it look less overproduced um, and more authentic. I mean, not saying do that, but no, no, but that
0: keyword authenticity is what matters right now. How can you be authentic? Yeah. Well, I can, I can
1: tell you from experience the couple contractors that I work with that have allowed us to like give them ideas for videos and have actually taken action on this. Cause I tell a lot of people that they should be shooting videos and, you know, this is how you can look for certain topics that people are searching for. They get really good, really good feedback through social media and stuff like that. When they actually post those videos and make themselves vulnerable or teach their local community, why it's so important that this needs to get done in a certain interval of time. Like landscaping is a great example. Why should you have a pro do these things? What kind of problems happen if you do not, what kind of common issues arise? I know for one, like my last house, I cut the grass myself and i didn't take like didn't do anything else to the lawn and we had we had dead spots we had dandelions all over the place like all kinds of issues and i wish i would have hired a pro cuz it looked like it looked like
0: ass <laughs> but
1: i don't have to worry about that anymore i'm in arizona everything's like turf and the grass is dead anyways so it doesn't matter yeah
0: plus they're pretty good with the green spray paint down there <laughs> <laughs>
1: so so andy you mentioned like the uh irrigation industry Felix, feel like from really getting into like the podcast and stuff might be a few years away but you are in the e-commerce side of things now so oh, my furry friends are coming to say hi to us this morning hey. um but what what do you feel because e-commerce in heating and air conditioning which is the industry Turch and i are both uh originally from it, it is a it is a Big topic right now, and it's a it's like a Republican Democrat split.
2: It's, <laughs> like it's yeah, 50, it's very 50,
1: polarized. You're
0: one or the other. You mean and like you, you support it or you don't, or you believe yeah. in it or you don't? Yeah, okay. it's very
1: uh, any any conversations we've had through social media get a ton of ton of engagement, and it's either I'm for or against.
0: Right, so everybody's um, right because everybody has a lens. So yeah. well, and that's everyone's and I right. Guess my, my, <laughs>
1: Yeah. My question to you is, what are you seeing in the irrigation industry, both from the contractor and maybe the homeowner side uh, with the adoption of e-commerce?
0: It's so people adopt it from where they sit, right from their lands and their shoes and their business. And so early adopters all in right. Laggards are more. Uh, I don't know. I just like to go to the supply house on my way to the job. But in the same yeah. at the same moment, they complain that they have to wait for an hour when they're there. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, you have a choice. You can continue to wait, or you could buy online, pick up in the store, which is referred to as bopus. And the, if you're doing that, the website doesn't have to be super great, as long as you can find the parts that you need. And if you're a pro, mm-hmm. typically, you know the part numbers. You use them every day or a lot of them. And I would that would be my recommendation for a supplier is just nail buy online pick up in the store, because it's a convenience it saves time,
2: mm-hmm. and from
0: there you can go scale all the way up to you know DIY which we have a lot of DIY and they really want their item within two days, right shipped mm-hmm. and delivered within two days. How
2: how do you combat your Amazons and stuff like that? So you can't combat Amazon. <laughs> you have to choose the way I
0: figured you, you had the golden ticket like, there. You can either choose <laughs> to do business with Amazon and figure out where it fits or how it fits or say, you know what? It doesn't really fit, so I'm not going to let it occupy space in my mind. Because if you're not careful, you could see it like an enemy instead of just choosing, I'm yeah. not even going to look anymore because I'm done looking in the rearview mirror. I'm only going to look ahead and Amazon's not in my future path, so I'm putting it aside um there is a ton of opportunity on Amazon especially with non-sexy items for someone who is in the industry and wants to source some particular repair part and put it for sale on Amazon or some kind of a kit to
2: sell oh, man, to i tons of opportunity. So uh landscape in general is a love-hate relationship for me. Um we have 250 acres and I cutting grass I'll do it it's not something I love doing uh because every time I do something I break it when it comes to landscaping uh we have a zero turn that I bought two years ago now I think uh I don't know what I hit I hit something somebody hit something my son hit something I don't know but um, it's probably a sprinkler (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, we don't want to have any sprinklers, or else it probably w- definitely would be. Uh, it definitely they don't need any help prob-
1: growing the grass in Georgia.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, it, it was probably <laughs> a root is probably what it was. But anyways, broke seized up a bearing, broke a blade, and man, it took forever to find these parts. And we found it on Amazon and um, got it shipped here. And they actually the the, the store at Amazon. On Amazon, actually had the right size blades and everything. And so it's like, all right, so now I'm not even going to go to Lowe's anymore and purchase these blades. I'm going to only shop from this store that is on Amazon. And so I'm like, if, if that person would have been like, I'm only going to sell local and I'm never going to sell online. I'm never going to sell on Amazon because this, this, this particular store is the only store that had the three bearings that for the deck, um, and the blades and, I wouldn't have been able to purchase it, and I wouldn't be able to purchase it, you know, repeatedly whenever I need blades mm-hmm. replaced. Um, so, uh, what you said makes perfect sense. There, we could, we could definitely, if you, be, if it becomes an enemy, then that's all you're going to think about is how the Amazon's stealing all your customers and all this other stuff. Whereas you can just honestly just team up and and work with them. Yeah, or stop worrying about them. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or just, just take it right out of your mind. Here's what we have on, in our <laughs> store, right? If you're a physical store, you know, the, the problem is that shelf space is limited. So yeah, that must have been expensive. a rare part-ish that you were looking for. So people yeah. local didn't have it because they only have so much shelf space and they got to maximize turns and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's what they should focus on and not be worried that, man, one customer in two years came looking for that and they couldn't <laughs> find it. So they went to Amazon.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. great point. Yeah. And so like, as it relates to me and my e-commerce, what I built and how I describe it is a digital layer on top of wholesale distribution. So I'm tapped into eight different wholesale suppliers around the country so that I can have a broad... Um, inventory base Uh and have it regional. So if you order some parts and you live in California, I can ship from California and the Mm -hmm. parts that people buy in California are slightly different, Mm -hmm. let's say than New York or Florida. And you couldn't really take that breadth of product and put it under one warehouse. I mean, you could, but financially it just wouldn't make any sense. And I believe that the parts are already on the shelf somewhere. And so sprinklersupplystore.com is what I might refer to as like ship from the shelf ordered okay. online and then uh, there's a wholesale distributor that takes it off their shelf puts it in a box and ships it.
2: So how often do you have a problem with stuff not getting shipped when it's supposed to be?
0: Um not not anymore. 10 yeah. years of this we built pretty good okay. systems. There's
2: <laughs> and- times that it's like Uh, One of my vendors will say, oh, yeah, the other store that's in Bluffton, they forgot to ship it out yesterday. I'm like, are you serious? Because I already told my customer that it's going to be here today.
0: Yeah. So one thing that really changed that helped us was we started to every day we send out a report to all the shipping locations. Did they ship 100%? Was it 90%? And everyone's on this email. So there's a little bit of accountability. No one wants to look to their peers (laughs) like they didn't meet their SLA that day. Yep, (laughs) that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. No, so when it comes to e-commerce and contractors, do you see do you see contractors uh, like irrigation companies, landscape companies, start to offer products or services online and then fulfill those things and maybe just provide the labor or anything like that? Are you seeing any sort of shift that way?
0: Sometimes, um, what we are seeing is that the the largest b2b, you know, traditional service companies, the largest irrigation companies, let's say, um, really have the best relationships with the wholesale suppliers because that account manager, right, has a book of business. He's like, hey, man, this guy's worth 100,000. They focus on contractors that are worth, let's yeah. say, 50,000 and up, but likely more like 100,000 and up. But you have these what I think are like a tier 2 business Um, It could be the grounds manager at a park district. It could be the um, maintenance manager at a large corporate complex, right? They're not installing sprinklers for a living, but they're an advanced DIYer. They can go fix that sprinkler. And there's small enough where a wholesale distributor's account manager doesn't want to spend their time on that guy. But that guy doesn't need to go to a branch to pick something up. He can just order it, right? It's like a tier two business to business. Um, And those are sort of the guys that are, ignored right now
2: Mm. and (laughs) uh, (coughs) kind of like mro
0: business a little bit but there really isn't mro business for irrigation supplies Mm -hmm. you know if you have a maintenance manager at a hilton hotel maybe they can buy the repair part for the furnace and put it in themselves without calling you know their hvac service tech
2: yeah yeah totally now as far as consumers instead of b2b I think Josh was kind of asking, like, do you see any any of your contractors that, that are purchasing from your site or anything like that? Do you see any of them building out their own um, e-commerce on their website for their consumers? Have not seen that. Uh, I do think there
0: is an opportunity for that. It's something that I've thought about, just leveraging, yeah. like, Digitally, I could leverage my my inventory for them. They could yeah. like resell our inventory on their website. Um, but again, they're not out here all screaming for new technology. That's pretty far advanced <laughs> for them. A lot of them don't have a website. They don't even have oh, yeah. their own yes, email. Certainly. It's just like Service at gmail.com. I mean, we're talking like yeah. a lot of these
2: guys don't have any of that. Sure. <laughs> how, how long do you think before or... <clears throat> I don't know. Just your projection, because you're in this industry, and and Josh and I aren't necessarily. Uh, do you think it will ever come to the point to where that that's going to really? Uh, you're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to be online. You're gonna have to have a website. You're gonna have to have an email. Or is it st- is it gonna stay forever? Like look up on Craigslist and get the guy that's <laughs> down down the street to come cut the grass. No, cows? I think
0: you you're right. I mean, it's sort of like saying. Do you think credit cards will every, ever be everywhere? Like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. like 20 years yeah. ago, it was probably people were thinking, man, do you yeah. think we'll be able to buy everything with a credit card? And now it's sort of like, do you think we'll be able to buy everything with our phone or with Venmo or whatever? Yeah, you yeah. can still use cash, but how often do you really see a cash only place? Maybe ice cream or something like that
2: yeah so i think was trying
0: to avoid yeah, and all taxes. and all
1: i want to do when i see that is be like you guys need a card reader <laughs> right <laughs> because i don't hiding? carry cash what dude i'm gonna hiding? tell you are you not reporting we ha- i get it exactly
2: <laughs> we have a chicken place right down the street like it is good fried chicken but it's only cash and they're only open for like three hours a day but it's packed for that three hours and everybody comes in and pays <laughs> yeah. pays cash and i'm like wait a minute that like Uh, something's not up something's not on the up and up right here yeah i don't believe but (laughs) and if i had to predict i think what
0: we're seeing is um technology coming from the bottom up meaning consumers will demand it and that's when the change happens it's not that the it's not top down where the contractors roll it out it's like they're only doing it because they're They're it's coming from the bottom up and that's a i think a shift we're seeing it on like uh wi-fi timers and things like that the contractors aren't the ones out there convincing their homeowners of it the homeowners are actually the ones convincing the contractors hey man they've
2: done their research
0: i want that nest thermostat and the contract like, yeah. dude that's a consumer product we don't install nest <laughs> that
2: yeah. comes well, like where does that, that come all together? the time oh, yeah. it happens a lot it, believe me i built I mean? my service...
0: house and the guy's like we don't do that stuff <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know how I many service calls contractors love nest because they get service calls and new customers very easily because a lot of people install those wrong. If,
2: if you know what you're doing, which, which Josh is making an amazing point there. Um, and, uh, I feel like Andy, you're touching on this. Like if you are connected with the nest world, so like we're a nest pro partner service emperor, my business is a nest pro partner. Um, if you look on any of our vehicles, you can pull all 12 of them to the side and you will not find one nest product on any of those vehicles because we don't, we don't sell Nest products because they're they are consumer. You know, like they purchase it from wherever they want to purchase it from. They can we can't get it any cheaper than they can. So we get the phone calls: "Hey, I put my thermostat on wrong, and I didn't now my whole thing work not working, or it's <laughs> I've fried something." And it's like cool. Instead of instead of being mad at Google and Nest, we've taken that and said, "All right, so let's." make lemon out of lemon or lemonades out of lemon and let's when this faulty thing happens now we can go and we can inspect their entire air conditioning unit and make yep. sure that the system is working properly Maybe make them a maintenance
1: customers come back again
2: something like that yeah and uh so i i feel like that's where i, I don't know that, that that's the consumer what you're saying is exactly right because whenever i go to to purchase something if i can't purchase it online i'm lazy if I have to do too much, then it's like, all right, there's another person selling the same exact product that's going to do this for me. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder how many landscapers realize the loss of revenue because they're not doing whatever card services or they're not online and have a, because for me, I, I don't really trust Craigslist a whole, whole lot. So when I'm looking up something, it's not typically Facebook Marketplace. I know some people like that's where they live and die is is that world. But for me, I'm I'm a Google person. I'm just going to Google it, look at your reviews, read most of them, read how you responded to the bad reviews, um, and then pick from there. And if so, if you're not on Google, you're probably not going to get my business. Yeah, or from
0: a friend, right? I mean, I think a lot of it's referral. Yeah, that
2: too that a, as well. Who do
0: you use? I do. Th- I do think. I do think
1: contractors, especially in like the landscaping, cause we, so we just moved. So we don't, we didn't have a landscaper. Um, and we do have some grass, so I shouldn't say we don't have any grass. We do. Um, but we went with the local recommendation. We have a, like a little subdivision type community here. And we went on that page and asked and everybody recommended this guy named Diego. So Diego got our business because they're like, this guy's <laughs> amazing. He does a great job. He's on time. All it's, you know, all this stuff. Um, I do think, there is a lot of that community stuff. And that's where, where you were talking about like building that community and building that educational content, especially through like Facebook. I think Facebook's a big one for like landscaping Mm -hmm. because people don't, they're like, cause they they realize they go to Google and everybody's got three reviews. They're like, okay, they're not really taking their time here, but they're on Facebook. They got hundreds of recommendations because that industry, that's where people find landscapers. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily go to Google for that. Um, and I, I think it's knowing your industry too. And, but that, uh, that educational content that I know you, I've seen on, on your website and stuff, that stuff goes,
0: it's we, a, we piece did of,
2: It's a peace of mind thing too, because like for real, like if you're going to educate everybody, then I know that you know what you're talking about. And so you're the teacher in front that, yeah, of the classroom. And like I said, you're that's the a value, right? If you can, the more you can talk
0: with your customer, not over them, Right. Don't talk about stuff that is just making you sound... Try to sound smart. Make the complicated easy. With them, that's building trust. And then they may not go with the lowest person anymore because they trust you and that's worth something. That's value. So
2: so let me ask you this, Andy, really fast. For those who are listening that are contractors and it's one of those things where you're... Like, I've been in the industry for 17 years. I don't know what to like, I don't know what people want to know about. You know, I don't know what to make of content video about. What do you say? How do you say to answer that question? Well, I would say like, okay,
0: if you've been in the industry in 17 years, what have you learned that is value? Like, and be in the customer's shoes. What do they want to know? Can you mm-hmm. walk them around the house and show them exactly what you're going to do? Like just, you know, show them what, so when I worked for a landscape company in Maryland, uh, my first job was at Chapel Valley landscape company. And when I first got into irrigation, it was from the design side. So I was doing CAD drawings of uh, irrigation systems. And then I got into sales and what was working is we would draw up the irrigation system right on CAD and then show it to the homeowner. This is where we're putting your sprinklers. Here's where the pipe is going and we like our close rate was like as close to 100 percent as you could get because yeah. no one else was doing it they were using carbon copy you know this was 20 years ago and holy shit it, like we looked right. like we knew what we were doing and we did but there was real value
2: there and it took the the questioning out of it i think for contractors we have this uh this i don't know this cloud this black cloud above our head of just really like either going to get get one over on you or they're not going to complete the job or not complete it like you had in your mind so for you to draw out that CAD drawing and then they're like oh yeah like this is exactly what I had vision in my mind or actually no I'm glad you wrote that out because I I was thinking we could put this over here, this sprinkler head over here. And then you're like, no, I can't put that sprinkler head that close to whatever the electrical panel or whatever the case is. And so then they're like, oh, okay. So there's less frustration. You have that clear communication, clear path of communication. Yeah. And it's just a win-win for everybody. And that's I, all I, trust. I, when um, we built our house four years
0: ago and in the it's a walk-in on the ground level. So the ground level is our basement. And when they were putting in the, the uh, HVAC and the air duct returned, it went across the, um, you know, the ceiling on the basement level
2: yeah. and it had
0: to drop it on one section by like two feet. And, and you know, they're walking me through Here's where We're going to put that. And I'm like, what? Wait, <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you show this before? Like, why are we doing yeah. this now? This should have happened like a long time ago. Then I would have known that right there there was going to be the ceiling was going to be lower.
2: Yeah, that that clear communication. That's a tough one. Um, Over communicating, because as a as a service technician or or whatever, whenever you're talking to a homeowner uh, or consumer in general, it's a fine line. Like Donald Miller, he talks about um, building your story brand and making sure your your communicate your platform's not um, overly complicated. But then you, so like if you. If you are talking on a level between one and ten, you're at a ten. You're you know what number ten is. Like that's your intelligence level. But your consumer is like a two. Uh When we dumb things down, quote unquote, dumb things down, we typically dumb them down to a six, maybe a five. <laughs> but we really need to be dumbing it down to a two, so that we can like they can really consume. It's and, like and they don't you're talking say, to grandma. Remember. So yeah, explain exactly. it like grandma can understand it. <laughs> yeah, and and so it's it, as a, a technician, you don't want to be like, like, uh, What's the best way to say this? Like, you don't want to talk down to people, like you said before. Like you, but you, you yeah, don't you want to talk to them. Like, find out yeah. what
0: they're interested in. Walk them through. <laughs> find it, something relatable, relatable that yeah. they can
2: understand. Yeah, <sighs> No, I, I like it. It's that's, that's good stuff, man. Yeah.
1: So. Andy where's the where's the best place people if they have questions or anything you know because I like you said uh, even creating YouTube videos for you is new if they want to just check out what that looks yeah, like uh, the YouTube channel where, where is go?
0: sprinkler supply store so I'm trying to bolt on everything I do my character persona is sprinkler nerd Andy and the show is a sprinkler nerd show. Uh, the website is Sprinkler Supply Store. YouTube channel is Sprinkler Supply Store. Uh, they can reach out to me, Andy Humphrey.com, or Andy at Sprinkler Happy to connect, uh, share stories, share ideas. Uh, I really like uh, connecting with folks in the service business, um, absolutely, because I can learn a ton too. Yeah, I think we all can. We
1: and that's uh, it's it's great that we had someone from a different industry on because sometimes we you know we get so even ourselves we get blinders on like oh we got to have this person in the HVAC world or this person in the plumbing world and we kind of (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) Uh, but we have uh, you know we put blinders on and we kind of forget there's so many different even I love the fact you mentioned
0: company cam because. I shouldn't say no one, someone is likely using it in my industry, but I've never come across. I'm usually the one recommending people use company cam so, and, and some of this like uh, sophisticated uh, web-based controller platform software, you know, they say, Oh man, could you add this feature where we could take a picture? And I'm like, dude, it already exists. Just go use company cam. You don't need to yeah, like reinvent yeah. company cam in someone else's software. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and one more point about that. So our landscaper, uh, his name is Diego
1: he every single time he comes out he takes pictures of what was done and also pictures of like the windows because we have a lot of windows in the backyard just to make sure we have a lot of rocks (laughs) (laughs) so he wants so it's it's proof right but it's it's smart because if we're not home and he comes out and does his thing and something we come back something's broken he can take pictures and he 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 has proof for his own business he's kind of cyaing himself um but it, it's so true that you know doing those types of things and leveraging the technology that already exists. I mean, yeah. there's technology for literally just about anything you can yeah. possibly. And imagine.
0: I, and I think you had um, on a woman named Hannah. She was like talking about Gen Z in the yep. workplace. Yep. And yep. I think that everything we talked about is going to be true once the Gen Z is in the business and the business is run by Gen Z. Everything that we talked about just makes sense. It's like yeah, yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just, we got to make it till That's coming
0: fast. Yeah. (laughs) It's coming real fast. And Gen Zers should look into non-sexy biz service businesses because there's nothing wrong. This is where the world I think gets it wrong. And they, you should not feel shame if you are a plumber. Like plumbers make a lot of fucking money
2: exactly dude
0: stop (laughs) we got to stop talking down to service businesses
2: i'm looking at my payroll every week and i'm like these jokers are making double what i made when i was in yeah you know i was doing that (laughs) or you could sit at a desk somewhere and hate your job and hate life and
0: want to get out and you're stuck well
1: and they get and there's also a lot i mean a lot of these guys and the technicians that I've, i've managed previously they that feeling of helping someone one-on-one, really making someone's day and a personal touch to that because they were in the home. They had to fix a, a problem that was really causing a lot of stress for a homeowner. That stuff is like
2: you yeah, can't replace that with anything.
1: Yeah, you can't replace that feeling. It's almost like you you feel like you're wearing a superhero cape. Mm-hmm. Like you saved the day for one person today or four people or how many jobs you're doing, yeah. but you're really helping someone out and making their life better.
0: Yep. And if someone has a college fund and it's enough to pay for college in 2022, it's enough to buy a service
2: business. Also. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Amen okay. to that. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Cool, Andy. Man, we really appreciate hanging out with us and 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 chatting. Yeah, my um, pleasure. Make sure you check out the Sprinkler Nerd Show uh, podcast and uh, and follow Andy and connect. And if you have any questions at all, don't hesitate to reach out to Andy. Uh, yeah. Josh, want anything?
1: No, this was great. I, I think uh, I think we need to do try to find some more people in different industries. It's fun. It's <laughs> it's always fun to connect with people that have different industries, different insight, different experiences. Because, and I, I challenge landscape is a great example for HVAC because landscape is a repetitive business, right? Usually, it's like once a week, once every other week. And our service businesses that are like maybe once a year, we try to make it that. Maybe we can learn something of how these landscapers are doing those types of things. Yeah,
0: no, that. Yeah. And I always remind myself the difference is that you don't need. There's no barrier to entry to landscape. None. Sure. Like you don't yep. need a certification. You don't really don't need. You could you get need a training. push mower. You don't need and a little anything. bit of grit. <laughs> yeah. So it's very entrepreneurial. Yeah.
2: The 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 thing that I love about the sprinkler industry and everything is, I mean there's a lot of it that i i grew up doing it on the land on the golf courses i was we were pff, half a golf course uh i remember just being there for years replacing greens and everything else and landscape uh and um sprinkler systems and everything like that man i, I remember we had pipe trailers and oh my gosh i they were not, I had nightmares about those pvc pipes and slamming <laughs> lids down with all these fittings and stuff. man i I still have some of those fittings from my grandpa back, like in my uh, shop. But uh, just the everything that I learned as a kid, and like you said, there's no barrier to entry. So you don't have to be in the industry for 15 years and to prove that you, in order to get a license, to be able to do that kind of thing, which is is probably good and bad because you could have bad installs of sprinkler yeah. systems. And that and it's are another reason dumb.
0: people um in the in the landscape industry don't value themselves oftentimes because they're like I don't how how can I charge 150 dollars an hour I didn't go to college they devalue themselves so true. where they if they had a, an actual license a certification then that can feel like there's something else uh, but really yeah. you just got to value
2: yourself that's it honestly yeah provide the value because it's it's so so true you could hire I could hire the teenager down the street for 20 bucks to come cut my grass or I could pay 150 dollars for this other company why would I pay 150 dollars versus twenty dollars? There's value in the $150. There's consistency. I know that they're going to come back. And if they there isn't, you will show up on time. So it just
0: they yeah, exactly. always have to
2: remind yourself,
0: am I adding more value than this $150? If you are adding more value than you're proposing, they'll go with your proposal. Absolutely. Or do a, or do a case study. Hire the $20
1: an hour kid first. Then hire the 150 <laughs> and see the difference. Yeah. It's wild. Most the likely there is a difference.
2: Well, hopefully. Yeah. Right. Um, um, or that sometimes the there's $20 not, an hour. It's undervaluing is not, keep, them, So
1: keep the kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> find a place for him in your business.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Cool. And again, we really appreciate you. Yeah. Out appreciate with you guys as well. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see Thanks, you guys there. We'll see bye. you.
0: That's it guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. And I hope you will take a look at the, not take a look, take a listen to the service business mastery podcast give Tersh and Josh some love. I think you will totally dig what they have to say, who their guests are. It's so relatable to the irrigation sprinkler and lawn and landscape industry. And do me a favor, share this podcast with a friend, with your boss, with your supplier. Let's share the sprinkler nerd love and see if we can get some more listeners to the show. Appreciate you guys, each and every one of you. If you haven't already done so, would love a review. And until the next episode, happy sprinkling. We'll talk to you then.